Good afternoon, and welcome to the Embedded Executives Podcast. My name is Rich Nass, and I'm the Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise. This is actually the second part of a three-part series we are hosting with Advantech, and we are thrilled to have uh, as our guest here the CTO of, of Advantech, who is Alan Yang. Uh, if you remember from part one, we looked at whether the hardware was becoming a commodity in the AIoT system. So here in part two, we're going to look at the problems that are faced by a developer when he is designing that AIoT system. First question, um, and I really like this. You, you said that you have to determine the problem that needs to be solved before you can go out and, and define your hardware. Um, are, are there buckets of, of types of problems or, or is it so application specific or so problem specific? Or are, are there a defined number of buckets that you can put people into say, well, if, if, if this is your issue, this is what you should be looking at? Um, definitely the answer is yes. There are patterns or frameworks or templates um, of uh, applications. Um, we may classify a collection of problems or collection of applications into um, a fairly universally adaptable patterns, right? Um, if we look at the collection of, of the app in Apple Store, right? There are utility apps, there are gaming apps, there are telecommunication apps, but then they all use iPhone's power features in common, right? They use the touch panel, they use the speaker, they use the camera, sometimes they use the network connectivity, right? So if we break down the, the targeted applications and into the inner guts of delivering these applications, there are common factors, right? You probably, all the apps probably all need to offer some sort of user interface. Mm -hmm. And then what is the um, most elegant, most visually appealing, most intuitive way of interacting with your targeted users in the confine of a device such as a smartphone? So that's one way to look at problems. We don't look at a specific problem, we look at a class of problems. Mm -hmm. And then from the class of problems, we identify the commonality among them. All right, so if we evolve to IoT and AI plus IoT, there are also very obvious patterns of this class of IoT solutions, what they look like. You all need to connect to physical devices at the edge be it environment, be it energy, be it transportation, be it street lights, be it parking, be it manufacturing, be it retail, be it medical. You have the physical world that you need to bridge the information into, right? So how do you do that? How do you facilitate that? Then IoT getting all the data into uh, from the edge assets, you need to put them somewhere in a way that is easily managed, managed easily, um, um, easily 
um, cleaned, easily labeled, so that you prep all this data well for the subsequent AI model training, right? And then you probably have multiple teams in an enterprise that would like to go about utilize all these data at the same time. So you need to support multi-team with appropriate authority and permissioning management, right? And then for the, all this data, you probably also need to provide a way of the end users or a targeted user a way a window to look into what's going on behind the scene about the edge assets and all the flood of data flowing into your data lake. So you need to provide some sort of visualization services that does not require low-level coding and yet is rule configuration driven um, so that you offer them an easier way of an easier, a faster and lower uh, cost in terms of the mandates of development to tap into the power or the value of the data. So to reply to your question, we look at a class of problems with similarity in terms of computational structure, identify the common factors among them, and we offer this common module to the, uh, to the set of targeted markets. And in some essence, Intel is doing exactly that, right? Intel, in, they deliver iCore CPU because they factor out, all right, be it enterprise, whatever application, my CPU is able to deliver universally to this set of programmers. And they would like to, they, they, in turn, they would use my, use my CPU to deliver enterprise application or personal applications. And Windows, they're also doing the same thing. Not Windows, Microsoft, they're doing the same thing. They, off, they offer the office suites. Spreadsheet itself does not solve anything, right? By just, just, get, by just getting Excel running on your Windows desktop, it solves nothing. You need to put something into it. But Excel itself is a very elegant, very powerful, very universal abstraction of a large class of computation that can be expressed itself in the spreadsheet paradigm, right? PowerPoint, again, it does not solve anything. It does not give you a PPT. It's a tool to create a nice PPT. So that's, that's the thinking that we are also adapting into offering AI OT solution. We are offering a set of tools that proven to be useful that when configure when drag and drop, when uh, composed together, you quickly put together an elegant and effective and reliable and robust and scalable ALT solutions. Okay. Um, you, you talked earlier about the different modules that are used to make up the subsystems with, within the complete system, but I'd like to go down one more level because it's rather confusing with, with CPUs and GPUs and VPUs and TPUs. Where does a developer go to understand what's what's the right mix of, of these different computational units? Well, I uh, earlier I mentioned I, I did my graduate study in massively parallel programming, right? So there was back in nineteen around nineteen nineties um, massively parallel programming 
in a way, uh, my research topic has found their ways onto the, uh, the, 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 the CPUs today, right? Uh, this, the, the CPU that in our smartphones or in our PC, in our notebooks or in our iPads, now they are all multi-cores, right? Multi-cores, basically they can run multi-threads of computations at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if we look at the computational structure of a deep neural net, right? So deep neural net is the, is the, uh, is the heart of today's um, uh, so-called deep learning AI. It's a, a collection of computation that happens at the same time. And deep neural net, if you, you know, Google around it, you will see it's, uh, it's, it's, it's layer and layer of nodes with interconnects between the layers. So um, to drive the model training is to pipe the data through the deep neural net and do forward propagation and backward propagation uh, and tune the weighting of the meanings meanings of nodes on the deep neural net, all right? So there are millions or even tens of millions of nodes whose weighting needs to be tuned so that it will fit um, the input parameters and the expected output with the minimum error or the best accuracy. All right, given this computational structure, now the AI data scientists have the challenge to find the real computational facilitation to realize, to speed up, to run this deep neural net. Because the, um, the, the massively parallel uh, nature of the neural net training and inferences, just by accident, <laughs> and I think it's, it's pure luck of NVIDIA, that they started out from graphical area. And area, if you look at your screen, they are you know, either full HD or now 4K or 8K, every mm-hmm. pixel is, 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 is in, in nature massively parallel. So from NVIDIA's perspective, they were solving how to render the image in parallel as quickly and as economically possible in their earlier life. So the, 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 um, the GPU architecture, be it NVIDIA or the early, earlier days of ATI, now ATI is part of AMD. Their architecture, the GPU architecture were designed with, with many, 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 many cores. For iCore, you, know, you get like i7, you like get, get probably like eight cores and i9, you probably get 12 cores. But then moving on to the GPU world, you're talking about hundreds or thousands even though it's much smaller, much simpler core. So before the neural net got popular, before AI got popular, GPU vendors, they were already solving shading, painting millions of polygons. They were solving that polygon shading problems. But that architecture just happened to be very useful for, <laughs> for training neural nets. And it's, it's a matter of mapping the computation onto the physical silicon efficiently through the process of, 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 of uh, facilitation 
of the so-called tool chains. It's a sequence of, of softwares that help you to convert your express computation, your algorithms from your high level languages down to computational structure. And that computational structure becomes massively parallel, all right? So come back to GPU, GPU basically are, you know, mostly represented by, by NVIDIA. Or, but if you look at AMD, they also have GPU, or if you look at Intel, they also have building graphics in their Intel CPUs, right? So what's different? All the, most of the difference, all the majority of the difference lie within the tool chain, the software tools that helps to translate high-level computational expression. In AI, you could be expressed in PyTorch, could be expressed in R, could be expressed in many of the other AI framework languages, right? So from that high-level language of expressing the neural net, how do you map it layer and layer down to the silicon so that the silicon or the cores can push this computation efficiently? efficiently both in computational time and in terms of the power, the energy that it consumes, all right? So GPU, VPU, TPU, they are all doing the same thing. I have a class of silicon uh, collection of, of, of silicon processors of some sort. I have interconnect of how these processors get data from outside. So memory layout also is, is, is a critical issue. And to make my silicon easier, pro, easy can be programmed easy, more easily, um, I need to provide uh, the facilitation tool in the name of tool chain. NVIDIA has invested heavily and very early on the tool chain and that's their advantage. It's a huge barrier for other uh, vendor to, to catch up. Intel, with huge amount of financial resources. But then they started, I think, several years behind NVIDIA. Now the gap is, is it's a moving target. It's very hard to close. GPU, uh, NVIDIA is still the, probably is still the go-to choice of, of power. But then the TPU uh, from the Google, uh, they have uh, good design. And um, their tool chains is up and coming. Uh, and yet the uh, class, of, uh, class of AI algorithm that have been optimized for TPU is still very limited, right? Uh, I hope I have explained clearly enough. Yep, absolutely. Thank you very much, Alan. Again, that was Alan Yang. He is the CTO of Advantech and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.